was just two roads going like, like dirt roads almost, and a taxi driver trying to kill you every, at any given moment. Um, it, <laughs> this is what it was like. It was very barren, you know. But it was once you got to space, it was just a great feeling. I really enjoyed it. But then I put a uh, an album out called Fact. Future Alliance of Communication and Technology. This came out in 1995, 96 through React Records. And React were, were going there every year. They spoke to Pepe about releasing the album at, 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 at uh, Space. Uh, and we have a few DJs that would like to play, me being one of them. Um, when I got to play, uh, Pepe and, and at the time Fitz Pangratz, who was managing the place, Saw, saw me, saw my attributes, saw what I could do. So they saw who I was like as a person, and they and they decided it's right there, right then that I should be doing the opening parties and the closing parties at Space, 1996. I'm like, wow, what an honor! This is this is brilliant, you know. Yeah, so, I would have uh, said the same thing. Oh my god, really? I'm like, why me? Yeah, <laughs> 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 me? <laughs> <laughs> the DJs you could have asked, and you asking me? I'm, I was like, very honored oh, by I can that. see why, brother. I can see why. Come on. You're yeah, really they, 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 they saw it instantly that, that I You're could. also a party guy. You, you know, you, yeah. I've seen the way you play. You, you, your smile and your feeling emulates through the room. You don't even have to play a record. Just the feeling. You <laughs> so I can imagine if they were looking like the way I saw it, I saw it the same way. You know, like some things, <laughs> bro, they're like their heads are down. They look miserable. It's like. Why? This is such a fantastic thing, even a job. Why do you look like you hate what you're doing? But that's a nice story. <laughs> and so that's it. Right. I mean, and it starts yeah. 96? So, so 95, 96, I was playing at Space. I was doing the opening parties and the closing parties to predominantly Spanish people. Not English people, not German, not Dutch. Um, here I am, you know, in the middle, in the midst of all of this um, with Pepe's people. In the end of the day, because okay. the opening of parties, parties at space was institution. It's all about now the island is open, and it was for the islanders and the people who worked there. It was for it was for them, and the clothing party was a celebration of the money that they made, and it, and it was uh, to give back to the workers um, who worked really hard at that place. So you can imagine the party at the beginning was like yes, and the party at the end was like. Yes, you know. So any music that you played, if you can get it correct, get it right, it was it was just magic. That's all I can say. Sun was up. You're out there. You're hearing this music. You're, you're amongst people that are, are there because they feel it. There's a spirit. There's a vibe about it that you couldn't emulate that hardly anywhere in the world. I think Ibiza was only only place where you had the true spirit of people who love this music and like to be out there to show out with this sound. I mean, if you see some of the early tapes of Space and the people, people, what people were wearing, how they were feeling, they didn't care about anyone or anything else. I'm having a great time right now, right here. It's for me. And they dance crazy. They dance with hardly anything on. They dance with 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 their with their feet, with their spirit and soul at that club. I've never seen anything like it. For me, I'm just like, this is great. To be able to play and DJ my music there was just a given. It was a given. So, but also I had to play because don't forget all the Spanish DJs that were there at the time, DJ Pippi. Um, DJ Caesar, um, uh, Alfredo, the list goes on with Spanish DJ. They're fantastic, great DJ. I only, I only went there to compliment those DJs always, and they know that even still today. Uh, Jose Padilla, um, John Satrincha, always, you know, and that's for me it was always the love and respect for the Spanish DJs uh, from Ibiza. Um, 
So that was it. For me, the, it was it was a, something of which I really felt special and, and honoured based on my ability to connect, even though I don't speak hardly a word of Spanish whatsoever. And still today, I'm still terrible at it. Um, but, I, but my music got, got, the communication of my music brought us together. So when I, uh, BBC Radio 1, at the time, around about 96, 97, they decided that they, they, were, they were coming to the island with BBC Radio 1, Pete Tong at the helm, um, to, to do their parties in the, in the clubs uh, on the island, Amnesia, and I think at the time it was Privilege. They did their, their roadshow there and everything, and they wanted an after party for their friends um, and pe- certain people who won tickets, whatever, to enjoy the the concept of what they've created so they asked me they know they know me very well pete tong and uh, eddie gordon at the time oh yeah to to create the space for them to enjoy themselves on a sunday at space so they asked pepe pepe said yep we'll have it on a sunday no problem um but we got no dance floor on our sound system i said don't worry i'll sort it out so I came down, had my disco, the mobile disco head on. So I saw all the speakers that was in the kind of like dance floor area, but they had all the tables, the chairs and, and the cushions. I said, right, get rid of all those tables, the chairs and cushions. This is going to be the dance floor. So where the original uh, DJ booth was in the end of the day on the terrace, there was no booth there. So we, took, we had a, like a wallpaper paste table, which we covered in, in the space flags. And I said, get those turntables out the back of the bar and we put them here, the mixer here, and, and we'll connect up these speakers, satellite speakers, and whatever we've got, and we'll make this into the into the dance floor. A thousand people turned up at that, that particular party. They weren't expecting any of it. That poor sound system was like... Farting to death, farting to death, yes. It was losing his shit. It was like, you're going to blow up the sound system. I said, I didn't know this thousand people were going to turn up. He's got no sound. Turn up the amps. You know, he got nothing to do. It's like he's like he's almost like Star Trek with Scotty. We got no more power, Captain. No more power. Just Scotty, find power now. Like you better go find power, right? So Scotty, and we're like, was like the, the VU meters, like the VUs are like this. <laughs> They're like that, right? They're just to the right in red. Just like everything's oh. like red. We we fucking killed it. So so um, that's when the penny dropped. That's where it went click. The terrace. So Pepe instantly made a DJ booth, got a bigger sound system, turned that bar area where the dance floor was into another bar area, made a bigger bar down where the bar was, and then put all the tables and chairs down the other side so this could be this dance floor. And I was playing there for six hours or seven hours from the beginning until nearly close. And every time the terrace uh, existed. And then eventually after two years, then it was uh, the Sundays at Space with, with uh, Cream um, coming in, uh, James uh, uh, James, and, um, uh, oh, blimey, my brain's gone. James but anyway, Barton? those guys from Cream. Cream. Sorry? James Barton from Cream, you talking yeah, about? Yeah, James, James Barton, yeah, for sure. Um, and, um, oh, God. I'll, I'll remember his well, name. We had eventually. We Love Space. We had We Love on the Sundays, I remember. And then um, Saturdays was, um, oh God, that other brand from Barcelona, which I played. Yeah, so, so, so you had, um, well, so, you, you had We Love, um, and then you had uh, Barbara Tucker. Yeah. Um, and they had uh, the Mondays. Uh, you had the um, uh, Carry On. 
with yeah. manumission on a Monday. Carry on manumission, yeah. Which, which, which was always uh, something very special as well. But, um, you know, space was, uh, on that weekend was, was very much uh, u- utilised with, you know, with the gay, gay community as well as the straight community and club as, as, as a whole. And it started to really get momentum on, on what it stood for out of all the clubs anywhere in the world. And, you know, space is still probably one of the most coveted clubs uh, with the accolades that well, I think we've ever seen. They got like a, a cold cupboard just full of accolades based on where it ended up. But then to take that club, any, uh, uh, take it further, um, in the end of the day, take it further, they needed to have something to happen in inside of the club because it was, it was only the outside. And Pepe and Fritz at the time were like, you know, what are we going to do here? So right. they asked me, would I like to take over the inside of the club on a Tuesday, on a Thursday night? Uh, and at that time, uh, Darren Hughes, sorry, and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna, it's okay. Really, so it's Darren, Darren Hughes, and he's the man, Darren. You know what I mean? End of the day, I I I, I was there for his his wedding and, and uh, at the time at Queen Liverpool. I missed a couple of events because of it, and I'll never forget it. But Sunday's uh, was down to James, and and then eventually they split up, and then James Barton went to take Cream to Amnesia. So right. when I got asked to do, to do uh, space on a Thursday, I was going up against Cream on a Thursday. I just said, no, this stuff is impossible because they're like a brand, and I'm cold cock. So, you know, that's not possible. So we went from – so our first – Night uh, that we did with Lynn Cosgrave, um, a safe house management. We, we, you know, we took over the club um, on a on a Thursday night for the first year, which is great. But we didn't want to battle with them in any way, shape, or form. So we took over Tuesdays. Now the thing is about space in the in, at night time. There was no space. No one did anything in the, in the, in the night time at that club. So we 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 started from absolute zero with that ground club. zero, right? Basically, there was nothing going on in that club at all. We had to create everything from the beginning, and I and I really and at the same time I was still resident with Jim Masters and Trevor Rockcliffe in London uh, on a Thursday night at uh, Ultimate Base, and the only and the only reason why I stopped doing it was because I had this opportunity to play in Ibiza as a resident. Um, so Jim and Jim and, and Trevor took over for a couple of years, and then eventually it stopped. But I carried on. Uh, doing what I'm doing on the island. So so the first year, 2001, was on a Thursday. The next year, we, we went from Thursday to Tuesdays, and then we were actually up against Darren Emerson at the time uh, at Pasha. But we were two different styles of music anyway. But um, we here I am at Space, and we had the original Terrace, and we had the discotheque. And I said to Pepe, and this is the story that it has been banded around a few times, I said, the only way you're going to get me to play in, inside this club is three things. I said, the first thing is that the toilets would always smell. I would hate the smell of the toilets, which was near the DJ booth where the lighting yeah, was. And so I, I said, if, if you clean the toilets up, that's one thing. I said, when the DJ booth is, where the lighting is, I said, that's in the wrong place. That needs to be up at the stage where, where it ended up being uh, in the end. Uh, which is a really big move for anyone to be <laughs> to, 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 to DJ booth. Can you imagine all the wiring and everything that was down there? And, and I'm coming on and said, you need to move from there to there. And, uh, they were like, well, you know, you know better than anybody else. You did, you built sound. It's a lot of work yeah. doing electrical. It's a big yeah. job undertaking. And then, and then I said, and, and I said, this sound system is not that great. 
you know, it was really. What screechy. do you mean? What do you mean, car? It's not great. I can hear them. <laughs> I said, screechy. No one, no one. It, we were walking in the room and be like, ah, because it'd be so loud. No face. It was just like the wrong sound in that room. I said, you've got to get rid of that sound system. I said, I said, these are the, the three things. If you do, and I did it because I didn't think they, they would do it. And they and, did it. And they did it. So the next year, I came back and said, okay, Carl, would you, would you like to do our club? I said, we, we made a few changes. I said, oh, really? They said, yeah, yeah. So I went in there and said, toilets, sparkling. DJ booth, up the back. <laughs> sound system, the same sound system that had a patcher. Right. I had no choice <laughs> but to play at space. If they've gone that far, that extra mile, to give me what I asked for, in the end of the day, all I could do was give them my, my, my love and my loyalty towards what they believed it could be the club that it, that it can be eventually in the end of the day. Now, not many people know this story, but they, they know it now. It's one of the reasons why I was there. There was no money to be earned at that club at that particular time because we had to build on everything. So it wasn't even about, it wasn't even about oh, here, here you go, Carl, here's all this money, you're playing. We worked together. On, on building that club and that club brand to where it, where it ended up in the, in the end of the day. I gave myself five years, five years in that club. I cinco. thought, okay. Everybody playing Spanish, cinco. 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 Cinco años. How long and, did you uh, give at the end? You gave yourself five. What what was the, what was the number that came back? Five. 16 years. <laughs> 16, yeah. as I said. He did it five, 10, 15 <laughs> with the one. <laughs> I'm like, five years came in, and then the Tuesday nights at Space, Cole Cox, Tuesday nights like, bang, 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 more cure, more, more cure. After two years, Pepe was like, right, um, I, I need to make the club bigger. So where the original terrace, Space Terrace was, they're going to uproot that terrace, move it around the corner inside the club area, and then, and then basically recreate the same size of club in that original club size area, and they had to put the roof on the club and air condition it. So when, when I turned up the next year, Pepe goes, yeah, I've made a few changes, Carl. I walked in, I was like, Pepe, you've made another club within another club. I'm like, and you still got the terrace. Um, it was hard enough getting more people to come into the inside and the terrace because I used to play the terrace always to get introduced to people to come early and then inside at 3 o'clock till close. Right. And we, we were building the club from 2,500 people to three to 4,000, 4,500 people you know, for a couple of years, we were like, yes, we've got the club full. And then Pepe makes his new club, which means we've got to find another two and a half to three thousand people more on top of what we already have. So I'm thinking, how are we going to get these extra people in? So we went uh, a, a, another kind of conceptual route by introducing Giles Peterson to play, uh, Goldie, we were uh, Pendulum. We, we introduced drum and bass to the island through that room. So we had a different clientele coming in. Um, so I always played the Space Terrace with the Spanish DJs, um, have Spanish DJs inside plus guests uh, inside the discotheque, and it just grew exponentially. And then we turned, turned the night into the, the, the revolution, Colcox revolution. Yeah, I remember the revolution. Yep. Revolution and, and, and the Tuesday night at Space. And then, so that was like year seven and then year eight. Year nine, boom, 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 full packed, getting there between six and eight thousand people every every night, bang, 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 and I'm just thinking, oh god, how long can this go on for? So year eight, year nine, happy birthday, 
10 years of space. I'm like, where did my life go? (laughs) Right, where did it go? It's like 10 years. I'm like, the next year cannot be any better than what we've had in, in, in year 10. We get to year 11, record numbers, people coming from all over the world. It's the place to go to. Space, 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 number one club, bang, 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 year 11. Year 12, same. Year 13, same. 14, same. All these DJs coming in, playing, bang, 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 bang. Now, we were told in, in, in year 15 that they're going to lose the club on year six, lose the club on, on year 16. We're like, how? It's because Matutis wanted to, to buy, get the club back based on his lease, loose lease agreement of, of allowing Pepe at that particular time to have the club. And Pepe was not able to renegotiate the lease on that club. So by by 2016, and me being there 16 years, Matutis wanted the club back, wasn't going to renew the lease back to Pepe, and that's how the club was lost. I'm sorry it took that long to get to that point. No, 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 I- it's okay. No, you have to explain it. I'm glad you did. Who would know that inside track except you? You lift it. And that's it. Never looked back since then. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, look, it's turned into a, a new entity now called High. They're yeah, doing no. an outstanding, uh, outstanding job. It's it's a club for the millennials, and that's what they know. And most of the people that go there don't remember what it was like at Space, so they have no memories of what it, what that club was stood for. For me, it's very difficult to go to step back into that that space. Oh, I know it is. I know it is. Because of the memories of what it gave me. And, and, and you know, if it's got me to where I am today, also because it, that, that was the church for Carl Cox. Um, and then as a legacy. Oh, and oh then that was your garage. That was your <laughs> paradise garage in a sense. You know, we, you know, certain clubs have certain DJs. When I think of space, yes, I played space. Roger played space. Morales played. But when we think of space, we think of you right away. You're like the first guy. You know, your your night was the night on that island. On that yeah. night, revolution. You know, it was. You had to go. You had to go. Because what if you're yeah. on the island and you didn't go? You didn't. You didn't run on. You weren't in a visa. <laughs> no. I want to say. I want to. I want to give you some love too. Hang on. I'm going to cover you for a second. Make sure you get his release, Sand, Moon, and Stars. Very important. This is a hot release. Came out yesterday. He's excited about it. He's making music. It's going up the Spotify streaming chart. Get your hands on it, please, because I want to make sure we, we've been talking for a while. Thank God. And one other thing, everyone, please subscribe to our newsletter, TrueHouseStories.com. You get all the news and all the things before anybody else does. And also, thank you for helping us produce the shows and helping us with all the lighting and everything. <laughs> so again, you got you know that's nothing. You put out a newsletter and they contact you. They say, "Oh, you know, we need more of this and more of that." So you start writing all this stuff down. So we got <laughs> thousands of producers telling us what we what we what I need to be doing on a show that we created from nothing. I love that. <laughs> Honey, you think, did you ever think? Did you ever think you needed this? I'm like. I guess now I do. Write that down on the list. We're going to fix that. But, Carl, were you heartbroken, man, when that club was done? I mean, because I know how I felt when things changed. That's a big part of your life. Were you heartbroken when that was over, the space oh, yeah. legacy? Yeah. When, when, when you um, see the, the, the last pictures uh, of all the DJs and the punters and everyone in that room, at I think twelve sixteen in the afternoon, that club been pumping for nearly two days. People did not leave that room. That's the church. That's my home. That was my 
place where I played some of the most amazing music sets from all the DJs, my own self, from my heart. You can see it every single time I play there. You know, even when I played the 10-hour set, I, I, I wanted to make sure that people knew that I played vinyl in that room as well as all the digital uh, CDs and the computers and all that, as a progression. You know, the last record I had to – I, I felt I had to play uh, – I had no, no problem playing Angie Stone, uh, I Wish I Didn't Miss You, because it also reflects on my history of my funk and soul roots with, with the backstabbers uh, uh, backing and, and her, and her voice was just golden. And it, it you feel – at one, at peace with 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 what's what's going to change. I could have played Strings of Life. I could have played Promised Land. I could have played so many other epic epic records. One record I never played in that club was that record. That's the only time I played that tune. The very last record at Space. I think forevermore you hear that record and you almost have a tear in your eye, or you have a tear in your eye because you knew what it stood for. And when the curtains closed, after all of that, all you saw was, was grown men and grown women cry on each other's shoulders, just going, we cannot believe that our legacy of this club has finished in this way. That club was never done. We didn't, it wasn't broken. We didn't need to fix it. That could be still the seminal club still today. Today, that will still be the number one club. But that's what happened. So, and that's a true story. And that is a true house story. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I mean, my God. That's church, brother. That's like someone closing the church down. Uh, and, and here's another problem. You know, the other issue with Ibiza was, yes, the Millennials Club. But here's the other part that a lot of us older folk said. The bottle service was destroying the whole situation for everybody. Yeah. Because the dance floors were getting smaller and smaller. What turned out to be a beautiful, romantic thing was becoming more like I need to get the table near the DJ box. So the, the dance hall was this gigantic open area to this small little look like the neighborhood bar. I mean, yeah. how do you, you know, most of the yeah. clubs are doing that in the bees. Yeah, I mean, I mean, space was always the, the the dance floor. You know, it still remained to be the dance floor club. He had his VIP areas, but it wasn't a thing that, that swamped the club. Once those VIP areas were done, then you were done. And behind the DJ booth, it was still public. You could anyone could walk around there, but it was always so busy. But that was a, one of the most prominent, prominent places to be at. They you know, space had a, had the red room, which was opposite the, the DJ booth up, and they used to have that as a VIP. So if you were VIP, you could look down, and then in, and then you could really feel the room. There's a sound system up there as well, and that was a great place to be. Um, but it never swamped the club. At all, it was just the fact that there was a some sort of demand for that type of clientele to come in. But for me, there there wasn't the reason why that club existed. It was it was the punters, the general admission, the ones that just walked in that door like I used to many years ago, and you went everywhere. And so everyone was a VIP at that club. But the rest of the island was becoming that was becoming VIP. If you look at Amnesia, it only really works well from a financial point of view is if those VIP areas work. If those That's VIP areas right. don't work, and then they knew they were having a bad night, didn't matter how good the dance floor was. So, you know, if you looked at a Car uh, Marco Carola music on night, the VIPs were always busy. That meant that that was a really good night. But, you know, for everything, the atmosphere, everything was really working well, but that club was set, set up to do that. And everyone else was, was, was kind of starting to follow suit in that way because he could make, he could make good money from it. If people, uh, 
wanted to spend that much that amount of money and sit down into a club, and that's what they wanted to do. The Spanish people are not going to sit down and deny it. They're, they're going to they're go, yeah, no problem. You know, how many bottles do you want? You know, <laughs> how many strawberries do you like, do would you like to have? You know, blah blah. You know, it, it went into this realm, um, and then for me, it, you started losing the essence of what the spirit was in the end about being in a beast, about clubbing, about the reason why you're there. You know, it was always really hard for me sometimes to see our VIP uh, uh, areas with hardly anyone in them. Um, because for me, I, I would say, if there's no one going to be using these VIP areas, then open up to general admission, and which we sometimes we did, because there's nothing worse than having four four VIPs in there and three of them are on their phone, you know, oh, checking. Whatever. Yeah, oh, man. Play. And they're on their phones, you know, we get back to you, you know. Was, it was not a good look at all, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and that's maybe just us being old because don't forget we had no distractions back in our early days, no phone, no nothing. It was just us in the dance floor and, and, and you know, us bringing the vibe to the place. But nowadays... How about this one, brother? Ready? So they're actually writing, I'm having a tits of a night. But if you're looking at them, right, they look miserable like they're like, doing a science class yeah. it's like what do you mean i saw some of these chats i was in those rooms i go that's not what i saw because for me if people hanging off the raft is screaming your name and and trying to get your attention call, that's the <laughs> night not right now i'm screaming for call to play yeah. <laughs> it's crazy yeah, no, I mean, I mean, for me, in in these times, the best club I think ever was ever. it was output, output, because yeah. you you went with your mobile phone and they go, you could either put it in the locker, or we put a sticker over the front of your phone. If we see you use it, you're going to get thrown out. So you walked into that club output, and all you had was people who really wanted to be there for the right reason, and that was the, the vibe of, of the of the club, and they were attentive to listening to your music, and and that. For me, was 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 bringing it back to the to, to real clubbing. The reason why, um, because now because you have such distractions, you know, most people can make or break your event. You know, they go, ah, oh, he didn't play my record, and I don't like it here. You know, I, you know what I mean? You know, but you don't no. even you've been there ten minutes, and already you have an opinion. It's like, and it goes up online, and you're like. Oh my yeah, God. I know. I told that to Dead Mouse the other day. They brought me into one of his rooms, Dead Mouse, ready? And I yeah. said to him, you know, it's nice when you bring your whole entourage. God forbid you say something wrong. And he says, you know, that does my head in every time because I can't even allow it to be real or be me because everybody's listening to every word I'm saying or writing every word. So I understand that. Meaning I'm having a fantastic night can go, this is really a shit night. And <laughs> 600,000 people have now read this is not working. So, a couple of questions I want to ask you. The vaccination. Second, what do you think clubbing is going to be when we do come back in your mind? What are you, you know, visualizing this to be? And are you ready to come back out full force again? Do you feel confident or you're nervous about it? I'm not talking about Australia. I'm talking no. leaving where it's isolated and coming back to the America side, the Northern Hemisphere. Give us, you know, tell us what what's on your mind. Like, what are you thinking? Okay, so the vaccination scenario is a, is a difficult one because we don't know what's going into our bodies. We don't. But in saying that, we don't know what's going to our bodies anyway. 
you know, whether we have an aspirin, whether we have something for typhoid, whether we don't know. We know it's been tested on animals over the years and all this sort of stuff, which people also don't like. Um, but the thing is about the vaccination, if this is the only way that we can feel comfortable enough to be around other people who have been vaccinated as well, and then that's not a bad thing. Because that, because what I don't really want is to not be vaccinated. Go somewhere to, 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 to an area... It could be a shopping mall. It could be a petrol station. It could be around someone else's house. Okay. To, to find out that someone else has got COVID, they cough, and and then they've had it. They don't tell you that they've got COVID, and then you end up with it. And whether whether you die from it or whether you survive from it, is that is that not knowing is, is what's scary about it. You know, I I've I'm I've been living here for a year now, and at the moment of the. The vaccines, are, they've only just started to 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 uh, have the vac- people getting vaccine here from last week. And it's been very, very, very slow. I'm going to be the last person at the moment to be, be to have the vaccination here at the moment because of my age. I don't live here. I'm not on their radar, actually, until I go. I'm still here. Um, in the UK, on my phone, I've been told that I've, but because of my health uh, issues that I've had in the past, that I need to get vaccinated next week. But I can't leave here next week to have that vaccination. So what do I do? Because then they're looking for me to do, to not have to do international Right, they have you in the system in the UK, but you're over there. So now what do you do? What do you do? So, so here I am. Now, I do have some events to do in August and in September overseas. Tomorrowland, apparently, they're going to be going. So I've got events in America, uh, which I couldn't didn't do from last time or last year. All sorts of things. The only way I'm going to be able to do any of those events is if I get the jab. If I don't get the jab, that means I, can't, I won't be flying. The airlines are not going to allow anybody to get on a flight unless you've been vaccinated. That's right. They haven't said that yet, but it's it's going to be it's coming, right. You know, it's the coming. only way you're going to get to get around. So oh. anyone has said, "I'm not taking a jab." It's not for, you know, not for me. It's it's sort of conspiracy to follow. Them. Forget about it. Eventually, you're going to have to jab. There's no way that you're not going to want to go around someone's house or whatever and to spin in a spin in a roulette. If I if I don't have the jab, and I do have some sort of uh, uh, initial health problems, and 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 someone does eventually give me COVID, and because of my health reasons, it's the reason why I got taken down, that would be a very sad day. So for me, uh, it's an issue. It's something that I'm, I'm very conscious and very wary of. I don't think I'm going to rush straight back into the DJ world and rush straight back, on the, uh, back onto the dance floor until I know it's actually safe enough to do that. So for me, it's, it's something that I'm not crawling back to do. But I would like to do it in a, in a in a particular and a safe way for all of us to feel that no matter what happens, in the end of the day, we're all in it together, meaning that we are all vaccinated. Now, I don't think we can get back to where we are unless we unless we do that. I'm no expert. I'm no doctor. I'll just see what's going on here. When when this time last year, I got asked about am I coming back to Ibiza to play, and that was from last year. I said no. I said, what do you mean no? I said, because right, we're... Right, what do you we're, mean, all right, what do you mean, no? Because we've got a pandemic and there's people dying and, and, and there's cases all everywhere all around the world and, and you're telling me that, in you know, by July it's going to be finished and we will better get back on the dark floor and start moshing against it. I said, no. I said, 2021 is... 2020 is difficult. 2021 is going to be 
a place where we start to understand where we are. And 2022, hopefully by that time, the whole world has been vaccinated enough that we can feel comfortable enough in each other's company. It's where things will start to happen. If that's the case, then there's, then that means you know the social distancing and the COVID safe events and all the, the 1.5 meters apart is all gone. And then then it's a reset, the great reset. This is where we now start to go wonder how we're going to enjoy ourselves with what we've been through because the last two years of all of this has had such a mental effect on everyone on how we actually do things now is that we've had to almost wipe the slate clean by what it used to be like to recreate our future by what we believe is going to be like now for our future. So, you know, yes, you know, Al Hudson and the Soul Partners Spread Love is an, an amazing inimitable record. But in the future, we need to find the next futuristic record that makes sense for, you know, for, the, for us to understand how we deal with uh, the next 30 years within, within our concept and, and how we are uh, together as one. Because also there's a lot of people who went raving, went clubbing, went festivals, had a great time for the years, and they know what it was like, almost like Woodstockish type of we're free, you know, summer of love. We, we had such a great we're time. Right, summer of love. We had it all. We did it all. Yeah. You know I mean? We did all of this to the point where it's like, was that what it's going to be like now after, after a pandemic? I've had a good time. You know, now it's time for me to enjoy my family, enjoy I'm myself. Done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. You know, I can watch streaming shows from my house. I can create streaming events. You know, you can have cold cocks on your telly, you know, rocking rock your front room, you know, with your friends, no problem, have a great time. I'm not saying that's the only way that things are going to go. But we are heading into the future of, of where, where I believe we understand now. And, and I think that this, in the end of the day, is the next step or the next evolution of where the music will end up. I mean, look, if you listen to trap or drill music or dubstep, they're all sounds. They're all, they're all noises and sounds which, which the now generation understand as new future music. If you listen to a lot of the dubstep, it's a lot of um, where's the soul? <laughs> right at home, sing down. Where's the soul? Where's the lyrics to sing to? Uh, where's the vocal parts? And the only thing that people are waiting for is the drop. They go, well, if that's the future of music, well, that's where it's going to go. But the, the people who are listening to it have not been to a rave, so they don't know any different. I've got no problem with it. But that's what you've got to look forward to. And then you know what? I'm Why do you say that? You said, we read that. Kenny Carpenter said to me, did you read what Carl Cox wrote? This is a few months back. And he told me, he said, Carl wrote something somewhere and they, they quoted you saying that you felt it was going to go back to basics to where we all be, took this from. Smaller, intimate, when it does start again, a more intimate atmosphere. We're going to have to work it and build it again. That's what I, I feel is going to be the same thing. It may be a lot of it, but I feel it's going to come back to basics because what you just said is exactly the problem. You don't have the big sound system and 100,000 ravers to understand that music. You're sitting home alone. You've never been to a rave. Where's the soul? Where's the arrangement? And what, and what do you have with that? Nothing. 
nothing to go for. Now, it's a very difficult thing. You know, how are you supposed to explain to your next born that this record that went, wow, do, 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 That's great. That's great. You're right. How do you explain that? You don't. You can't. You, you know, the, the only way you can explain it is that I went to an EDM event and I stood in front of the speaker system and I just bashed my head, you know, against the air and just go, that, that was a classic, you know. Um, that's the problem. You know, you got Spread Love and you got The Future Sound. Which one would I would prefer to listen to? Of course it would be Spread Love because it you feel something about that record. I don't, I mean, there's thousands of that that also have the same energy uh, elements of how it makes you feel. But this is the future. So the future is bright in one sense, of the, uh, in one way, but it's also kind of scary because it's, it, it, it's taking you to a place of unknown of how it makes you feel. And, and, that, and if that's the music that make, that's going to make you feel, it's quite angry and, and, and kind of controversial to a point that, you know, the now generation only wants to make a point on on, on how they feel right now, and they feel like the, 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 the liberties have been taken away based on this pandemic, which, is, which has been, you know, apparently the conspiracy theorists are saying that the government has created to, to control the, the now generation. I'm like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty big statement. But meanwhile, there's people... Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, what, what, what do you want to do here? I mean, for me to come back to America right now is impossible. They wouldn't even allow me to go back to America, even if I wanted to go to America for where I am right now. So, and I have to have a bloody good reason to go to America at the moment based on what's going on there, unless you tell me otherwise. I mean, for me, I mean, I was having a great time in America. I've always been in America as much as I possibly can. I've been there every year, you know, for, for ultra for the last 20 years and, and had a, the best, the most amazing time. But right now, it's not the best amazing time. The, the thing is, you're going to go into a recession as well to, be, to begin with because everyone hasn't worked. You know, there's, there's no jobs hardly anymore based on what, 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 what's happened here. A lot of small businesses, businesses has gone to the wall. You know, you're not going to want to go to a party based on, based on uh, you, your freedom and, you, you know, having your ability, you know, your, your rights to dance. You need to, you need to find a way to be able to get to that point by by finding a way how you can earn money to get there in the first place. Well, that's going to take time, even just that to get to that point. Even for me, if you think about if I'm supposed to be like a billionaire DJ or millionaire DJ or whatever through my DJing, well, how much do you think that I've earned in the last year if I've only done two events? Right. And Not that much. Going, wait, here we go. Year two now. Now we're now going we into year, year two. Same with me. Yeah. Same with Vega. Same with Dave Morales. I talked to all of them. Everybody's life went right up the cliff. Ooh, into that valley. Of yeah, and we're still looking, actually. I'm waiting for that little bit that you land, and you get a little puff of... And you're, like, like, looking down, still going, we're still falling. 100%. Oh, my God, we're still falling. But, yet I'm watching everybody put up these signs in England that June 21st, the clubs are all opening. And I'm like, really? It's going to happen that quick? It's going to be that fast. We're going to have a 10-hour party. Everybody's going to be happy. We're going to be COVID-free. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to happen. You, for, for it to happen, it, it's going to be a small club, 200, 250 people. Each one can have a jab. Ow. Right, <laughs> right. right in, ow. Right. <laughs> ow. And you can, okay, in, next, next one. Ow. Next one. Ow. And then you've got 200 people. All right, now you're in the club. Hey, COVID-free. Woo. 
<laughs> no problem. You can cough as much as you like. It's great. No, it's all good with the world. You leave that club and you go to, to a pizza joint or you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken or you jump in a taxi. You don't know who's got COVID or who That's has right. or have. And you've got to go back in that club again to get checked again. Temperature check. You know, or you've got your, your, your jab meter on your phone. Yeah, we've had a vaccine. Yep, no worries. In you go. Next. Two more. Yep, you've got your vaccine. After a while, people are going to get really pissed off with that. They really are. Is it worth going for all of that for a night out that may not happen? And I have to say, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to do. As a DJ, you will, you, you're going to get people who are pissed off to begin with based on what you have to go through to get to the dance floor. And you get to that dance floor, and you're going to get other people feeling about the same way about the reason why they're there. So the, so the atmosphere is gone, or, or you're losing the atmosphere. People will put a brave, brave face on it. Yeah, I'm on the dance floor. Ooh, look at me, you know, taking selfies and Instagram. Yeah, look at me. I'm having a great time, making everyone jealous. I'm on the dance floor. You put the phone away, and then what? Right. The, the, well, what music are you listening to? You know, is the DJ feel really energized by what he's playing, seeing how the dance floor used to be like back in their day and then what it is like now? It's gonna it's gonna change really dramatically. Do I wanna really be involved in that based on what I've done? You know, when you when you're talking to a man that's played at Love Parade to 1.8 million people for nearly three years, to then see a COVID event, a social distance event based on having a, a, a having a jab and how, how it makes people feel in the end of the day, no matter how good the music is, you're not getting across in exactly the same way. I have to say it's it's not looking that good, actually. So let's see. And the only thing we could do is is, is hope. I've got some events that are, that are penciled in, like Creamfields, for instance, for me to come over to come and do. I'm hoping if it, if it happens, it's going to be really great. I don't think it's going to be exactly the same grandeur as Creamfields has been in the past. Um because some of the artists are not even going to be there as well. Um, like Eric Pritz, for instance, who's going to bring his Halo show to, to, to Creamfields. They've not, they're not, that's not going to be there. And there's other things going on around it, so that makes it smaller. Um, is it going to be the same as what it was back in the day? Probably not. But are people going to make the best of a bad situation? Probably they will. Oh, yeah, so, probably will. So, you know, I mean, I mean these are the, all the, the great unknowns. I, I mean, I, I'm only one man that, that is living the same life as everyone else is living in a sense of what happens next. Um, you know, socially, so uh, uh, on social media-wise, I still get invited to do certain shows, like Danny Tanaglia's show last week, mm -hmm. which was phenomenal. Um, the, the response to that was just great. Uh, I'm involved in some some VR uh, um, special uh, events coming up, which uh, one of them called Sensorium, which is just amazing. I do have an autobiography coming out very soon as well about my life. So a lot of stories that you're hearing today uh, will be in that book and more as well. Uh, this, 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 the uh, Sand, Moon and Stars track, uh, which has been signed by BMG, it, it was uh, something of which came to me um, based on the football team, I be for football team, as their theme tune to to uh, their team and their and their song and their uh, they're, they're doing like a little documentary and that music is uh, owed and, and it, it, it's a feeling of which I've given that them. So what's happened here is that I've done this little 60-second piece of music 
which then turned into a track, which we which we now have um, coming up uh, remixes by uh, Eats Everything and also DJ Anna coming up as well on that track. And I've heard the DJ Anna mix of it is really great. So I didn't really make that track for a dance floor or anything. It's just that it was just something that I felt compelled to do based on, you know, me showing people that my love and support for Ibiza is always there and, and that's this sound and that track, when you hear the track in its entirety, will give you the idea of being in Ibiza when you hear it. Um, so it got released on that basis. You know, so the pandemic in some ways for me has enabled me to, to be able to do these things and not only that, eventually uh, I will be signed to a record label based on my own new electronic uh, live music of, of which I will be taking the, pre- the preference of DJ will be taking a backseat and, and what will be going forward will be me and his uh, uh, electronic machines like um, uh, like the MIDI Moog, um, a thing called Subharmonicon, uh, Mother 32, all these uh, modules that I've, that I've got now uh, and drum machines and all sorts of uh, great uh, synthesizers. I'm basically pulling everything together and turning myself into the black Jean-Michel Jarre. Who knows? All I know is that I'm having a great time doing it and I've already done these shows already. You can see them online um, where I've, I've actually done a showcase uh, with what I'm looking to do in my future. So, you know, you can sit down and listen to this music, you can stand up and have a really good time, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm doing to keep my hand in hand in, in, in into the industry. I'm dipping my toe in the water by what I would like to do next. There is a lot more music coming out of me because I've had time to make music now. Right. Before right. I had no time to make music. So so that is one really good thing to keep to keep my hand in. Obviously DJing, um, as soon as I get out there. I will be giving it all my my all on every single aspect of whatever I can, I'm able to do once I uh, once I'm able to do it. And but what we're it, allowed to do, and what we're allowed to do, because what we're allowed to do. Thing. But for sure, somewhere on the line, I'm going to be getting that jab, and and whether I turn into a donkey or a monkey, or, <laughs> you know, you know are you, you radioactive? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I've got like five eyes or something, and you know, two lots of ears turning the gills. You know, um, at the end of the day, I've lived a life. I've had a great time doing this. And um, and, and this is the narrative of the way we, we go to move forward. And you know, it, it's, it's, it's a positive thing, I think, not a negative thing. No, you, you look, you laid it down sensibly, the most responsible way of looking at it. You're being practical about it and you're not you're not sugarcoating it. And that's the truth. Yeah. You're trying to say to everybody, look, this is what we're facing, how we can get through it. We're going to have to take one day at a time. Thankfully, people are going to probably throw tomatoes at me. 45 didn't re-win. 45 would have kept killed half this country by the time this is over. Four more years of that, we would have been, I don't even know if I would have a country to live in anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at, yeah. Least, at least we have some hope with Biden and the administration. They've been very speedy working with the who science is important again science everyone that they're paying attention to what science says it's not just oh let's come and pull ideas out of our own heads and see if we can make it stick so Mm. you know that's very important as well um but we can't say enough about you bro you're a legend dude please (laughs) (laughs) you got a resume First of all, the resume of you working as a scaffold builder was really was like, wow, I didn't even know that. I was like, whoa, scaffolding, <laughs> yeah. electrics, yeah, he's scaffolder. I mean, talk about, you know, getting your hands dirty, you know, getting sweaty, doing what you need to do. 
for the love of this music. That's called that's called passion, brother. And yeah. the money is a trophy because really it's never a job. I've always said yeah. that. The trophies are the money, of course. But what you do is no work. It's never a job because you love it so much. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and uh, and and I'm, I'm sure that it, you know through cabin fever once more that people can see that in the, in, at the end of the day, it's a gift. Every time that that show goes up, you watch it for free. If you want to uh, not watch it at that particular time, this is on Mixcloud, by the way, as a platform. But you want to listen to it whenever, whenever you want. It's free ninety nine. That means it's just under a dollar a day, a dollar a week to listen to the archives of the last 51 shows and the other shows that I have on there as well from Global, which I used to basically have as a radio show, which went on for 15 years, over 700 shows. That's a lot of music, even just that alone. But what can I do? I mean, at the end of the day, it's I could do nothing, watch Netflix all day long and just eat banana bread or... <laughs> cook and make comfort food and... <laughs> yeah, you know, or I can I can share the love of music, and and that's always been my. But here's point. something that's making me think about this: Why did you leave to live in Melbourne full time? What was the reason for that? Yeah, so I I was always coming to Australia uh, since 1990, 1991, where I had the, the record "I Want You Forever" coming that came out on Perfecto Records, and it was a big hit. World. Uh, uh, UK and Europe wide, but it also crossed over to Australia. So I had an opportunity to promote that record here in Australia um, through uh, a radio station called Triple J. They had it on their playlist. And then I had uh, uh, some, promoters, some promoters here that could promote me here in, in Melbourne, Australia, and Sydney and Adelaide. So I came over to promote that record and, and just really enjoyed being in Australia. I, I never thought I'd ever be here in my life so far away bro every time oh, you go you feel like you're in another world like another like galaxy it's just so <laughs> it, far from everybody everything it's really really far and and i kind of like the idea of creating a new life for myself if i if i chose to put my toe in the water to see if, if i liked it so every year since 91 i've been coming into australia to tour and to be here and but i was always staying in a hotel and uh, called the como hotel uh, in South Yarra, uh, here in Melbourne, Australia. So I just thought, you know what, if I'm coming here all the time, maybe turning the key to the, uh, and the place I would call my home would be something that I would see if I would enjoy. So I did that. 2003, the place that, that I'm in now um, is, is beautiful. It's in a place called the Mornington Peninsula. Uh, I really enjoy being here. It's a place called Frankston South. A lot of people... Oh, I know Frankston. To, yeah, it's a suburb. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a suburb and, and a lot of people... Uh, can't believe that I've actually chosen to be at this that this place, but I have a, a really a, some amazing friends here. Uh, I, I can live at my car culture and my motorcycling life here very much. So the, we've got great wineries here. We do our mobile discos here and wineries. We've got great beaches and, and great attitude to life, people that live here. Um, so since 2003 until present day, my circle of life has been about being here in, Oct uh, uh, here, being here in Australia in October all the way through until March, then I leave in March to go back to over, overseas to, to America, and if I'm from America to the UK, then I'm yep. normally in the UK all the way through until September, October, and I'll come back to Australia again. So I'll try and do the summer, try and do the summer, try and do the summer, 
and then and that that's how it goes. But it's like first- a retirement. Wait, it sounds like a pensioner's lifestyle more than a DJ. Yeah, I love it. Why do you put the color still up? You know, it's like <laughs> it's like pensioner. It doesn't sound like you're doing DJing. Always yeah. following the sun, brother. You're always following the sun. Always following the sun, and but this is the first time I've actually spent uh, like a full winter here, and it looks like I'm going to spend, spend another winter here based on the pandemic. It's you know, it's it's it, it, I've, I've kind of really enjoyed kind of being here and 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 enjoying a, like a full year of being at my home here in Australia. Um, and look, I have designs of coming back to see you guys at some point, but at the moment, you know, we still have a pandemic. We're still on on on. On, on a, in a high alert on everything that people are still sensitive to to keeping the COVID cases down, if not zero. Um, we've had zero cases here for the last three weeks and everyone's been, nobody's been wearing masks. Nobody's been, you know, uh, doing the wrong thing. We're wearing masks in, inside if, we, if we're going into a restaurant or uh, going into a petrol station or even to a food, food store. I've got no problem with that. Put a mask on. But as soon as I get out of the food store or whatever, that mask comes off. Yeah, right. Get the Thank air out. Sure, you know, get the air around everyone. You know, people can see you smiling or frowning, whatever. But people miss that. I think. I think. I don't think people got problems with wearing a mask as a as a, as a whole. But I think people uh, are upset about the cover up. You know, they don't know what you think. You, you can't. You know, you walk past someone, you say, "Oh, you know, afternoon, good day," and you don't know if they're laughing or smiling or anything. And I think people are not used to that. They're just not. They're just not used to it um, in that in that way. Um, and and I think we all, we understand the reason of wearing a mask, and if it works, which clearly it has done here in Australia, and then it's not a bad or hard thing to do um, because you don't have to have it on twenty four seven. And and actually, as long as you social distance, it's not a problem. It doesn't seem right. to be a problem here. Right. Things are getting much 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 better now, and we've still had zero cases. So if that's the case, and then then they're going to let us leave to go elsewhere. But if we come back. A, we're going to have to have the jab. B, we're going to have to self-isolate until they, until they are clear that you're okay, and then they'll let you into the country. I don't think that's a bad thing. After everything that we've been through since we've been since I've been here, especially with the lockdown and seeing these cases rise and rise, and I've seen these rallies and all the, all sorts of things going on, which has created the spikes. Um, to to not have any of those things happen here anymore, we're able to basically go to restaurants, go to shows go to car events or, or any sporting events, all, the, all this, the arts, all it's all started to come back slowly but surely, and we still haven't had any cases. So here in New Zealand and here in Australia, I got it right. So me choosing to be here, I think, was always the, yeah. the, the right choice in the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, I think it kept you, kept you healthy, alive, and going. We're sorry we don't have you on our side, but right now, who's seeing anyone right now? It's sad. <laughs> I'm doing more yeah. seeing all of you through this television stuff than I actually see people going out. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really is. It's, it almost feels like the norm. Now, Man, this is know. totally normal now, hanging out and talking. People yeah, are sitting feels- home watching us tell, talking about stories and they're like reminiscing. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's quite sad, but yet at the same time happy because we do have great memories. Yeah, and yeah. we are going to make new memories. We just got to get through this moment, this bridge, this terror yeah, yeah. bridge, this what so-called war, as we say. Yeah, hundred percent. War. I think it's a war on our senses because so many people are so sensitive about anything that you say or you do these days. Oh um, God, Mr. Potato Head's banned here in America. Dr. Seuss. 
It's, it's like, no, it's, you know what it is? People got time in their hands, brother. That's the problem. <laughs> they got time in their hands to look at every little thing and think, let's, let's go after you now. Yeah. And <laughs> for me, the, the last party that was governing our, our country, you know, look, racism existed always. We all know that. But here's the difference. <laughs> You're he never going to go there. Right. Yeah. It happened. You know what I'm talking about. But when this guy came in, he really drew the line in the sand. And it was clear line. And it was so clear and deep, it, it, it just got very ugly. He called people out. He would say, but yet he's not racist, he would say. This is the craziest backwards yeah. thing you would ever hear. How could someone say, you know, I'm not racist, but yet the China virus, this Black people, Spanish people. I, I'm going to put people in cages. It was crazy what we're living through. And then, and, and then strawberry on top. <laughs> COVID's, COVID is a hoax. It was a hoax. A hoax. Damn. I'm fine. I'm, I'm taking the mark. I'm okay. Only to find out that he wasn't okay at all. No, you there's know? something wrong in his brain. Yeah, there was, he wasn't okay. He wasn't okay at all because... That was just all a farce. Just, he was just, you know, he would be inside, burning up inside. But on the face of it all, he wanted to show people that he could beat it. This is just a hoax. It's going to go away. Uh, it never, it never did that. And in, to be honest, I mean, look, anyone in power would have had to make a decision based on keep, keeping everyone safe. But unfortunately, he didn't think about that. He thought about himself more than anyone else. And that's quite a shame if, if your leader in the end of the day decided that, that, that he thinks that that was a good thing to be doing um, because people are dying around him and still dying uh, even today. But, you know, the one that's there now is trying to help that, not trying to clear up what, 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 what's been happening, just dealing with the matter at hand the best way he knows how. Our, our premier here, I say our, <laughs> Third premier here because my I'm still I'm still a UK citizen. You know he he really has has been a target for for hate based on his decisions to keep this country and the people safe. Well, now we've got to a point where we are in that in that point. But what he had to go through every day to to give people the, the, you know the, the 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 details of what was going on for a day to day basis was very hard to watch. Because someone would have had to make a decision, whether it was, it was the person that's in power now or the one that's coming to, into power, whether it's a he or she. The decision has to be made based on how we get through this. And and I think that that if you can understand that in the end of the day, I mean, I would hate to make a decision to say, right, guys, I'm really sorry, but by, by what I know, uh, at the end of the day, when the science has been given towards me, we are going to go into lockdown for the next five months. You would have, you know, people would not understand that decision to make. You couldn't say that out the back. You have to say two months or oh, another month. Oh, the case right, you have is, to keep extending it, right? You have to keep extending it. Oh, another month, you know? But what was happening here is once we got to that point where there was zero cases and for two weeks we're still locked up with zero cases after two weeks, this is where people are starting to go, in, what's going on? You better open up real quick now, son, because, you know, things are going to get ugly. And as soon as it started to turn, no masks. They open it up. Okay, we can go. Fire and that's it up. Like, well, 
Yeah, that's what happened. We did have a situation when when they opened it up for for the tennis players and the coaches to come in because some of them had COVID and, and especially at some hotel and there was a, a bit of a super spreading going on. And then we got the we got the the, the note on the TV again: lockdown five five days. We're like, well, you know what? We've done five months, so what's five days? You know. But they did it on on on, on a weekend on Valentine's Day. So can you imagine all those restaurants and all those places and oh, and, and just mentality with your, with your significant loved one. They go, yeah, we're going to go out. We're going to eat something. I oh, know we're not. We're locked down. Huh? So all the places that had all these covers, you know, people, you know, record, record uh, breaking places to, to, to eat, you know, they bought all the food and everything's, everything's, everything's going to happen this weekend. Got killed in an instant. Uh, wasn't a good decision to make, but it had to be the right one to get to where we are now. So, Club-wise, I mean, we are at the end of the food chain. The music industry and the entertainment industry and the hospitality industry, in the end of the day, we are on the bottom of the food chain. We have had no government support whatsoever for our industry. The- oh, you didn't, you didn't get the memo? You didn't get the memo because you're not in the UK. You need to be retrained, Carl Cox. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't hear that memo because I I heard the yep. KS guys told me the memo they got. I heard somebody else say to me, "Oh yeah, by the way, don't forget you need to be retrained. Retrained to be doing what it and as a middle aged man now. You've played music for four or five decades. Worked in the music industry. What does your CV say? Oh yeah, I can do, I can dig ditches now. I mean, like, like where do you begin? No, I was very upset when I heard that because, you know, I put my faith into the business, you know, based on the business that I was involved in and what I was able to elaborate on and, and to build a career on and, and hopefully to uh, have other people's, you know, follow my lead on, on, on where I am um, as, a, as a successful uh, DJ, self-employed DJ, by the way, um, only to hear that the government uh, have no idea or what to do with us apart from say well your industry is not going to come back you need to find another job i think is a is a massive cop out um because we we generate billions you know of, around the world for people to really not anymore uh, brother yeah, no that was pre-pandemic no nah, that doesn't hold up anymore you need to become <laughs> an elevator lift guy you're gonna have to go work for the elevator company now you're gonna do electrical yeah yeah, it, it's really sad that we, that the, the governing body treats us as if we're we're the ones that's going to uh, uh, create a pandemic. You know, the, the clubbing community, uh, you know, us as a whole. But meanwhile, they're, they're opening up. You know, uh, all these football football uh, games here, and um, and all these sort of things, which you just think that's what's going to cause a pandemic. You know, in the sense of its rising, not well, not the music industry. No, you know, no, no, no. You've got that wrong. Yeah, it, you know? it's going to be clean and serene, and our little dirty clubs are going to create all the problems in the world. It's yeah, sad. It, it, it's, it's not. It's just not true. It's just. Should I go just, drive a truck for Amazon now? I mean, I'll be the guy bringing the boxes in for. I don't know what to do. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're joking. You know, we joke about this all the time. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, you know. I mean, I've, I've had plenty of memes of, of me uh, being in working as a ticket office ticket officer in, in a train station. <laughs> just like, my God, you know, it's uh, it's not that bad. But the, the thing is, you know, I, I've had to adapt, understand my position, where we are, where I am. I'm not, it's not going to get back to how it was. It just isn't. But 
with, with, for me as an individual, I've come to a point where I just think, okay, well, I think I've rocked enough dance floors in my life to go to move on from the dance floor up to a point. Um, and, but I wanted to see it come back in the right way. If I can see it come back in the right way, I'm I'm 100 percent there. If we have to basically work to some sort of uh, controlled ideal of what what our industry should be like now, I don't think there is an industry. I think it's going to be very very difficult to get back to some to an industry which which had that inimitable strength and power of what what, what it stood for back in the day, which is going to be back in the day because it's going to be two years down the line since I, I would have been playing at Ultra and say that Ultra, for instance, they've already basically put out a memo to say there is no ultra in 2022. Oh, sorry, in 2021. There is, uh, sorry, 2022. No, they're saying there's no ultra now for, for 2022. There will be one. But it's two years down the line they're holding people's, you know, deposits based on their tickets. So how are they going to come back full force at the end of the day and like many other festivals as well based on that? I like to see it come back in, in such a way, but, you know, I think – once the once the horse is bolted, you know from the from how do you put it back the, in the stable? How do you put that back in the stable? It's a very difficult thing to do. So we can only wait and 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 hope and wish that at some point that 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 people who do believe in this scene will be there for 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 what what we have left and then basically pick up the pieces from that and then and then put the puzzles back together of our scene eventually, which could take years to get to that point. But by that time, you know things would have changed uh, significantly, not because I've changed them, but by what I'm saying, it's what's happening around us today. All right. Look, let's pray. Eat your vegetables. I want Carl's vegetables from his garden. They probably taste amazing. His cake too. <laughs> and his pound cake is to die for. God, I keep watching him cooking. Look, look what I'm making. Uh, <laughs> Brother, you I love you, man. You are the bomb. <laughs> you have insightfulness. You have practicality. You have you're emotional about it, and that's what makes you you. You're real, and that's what people love about what we do on this show. We're showing you people not just that you're up there doing that, but you actually feel and understand what people on the bottom are feeling. You know. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you know, you share all that. You know. Yeah, I've done quite a lot of charity work as well within within the social medias and um, you know trying to try and help others. It's been a difficult you know time for people in Bali, in, in Ibiza, people in Beirut, you know, everywhere, all over the world. You know, we can only do as, as much as we can, but you know, with the industry that we have at the moment, you know, especially with with, with, with what you're doing as well, reaching out to people who are interested in and listening to, you know, your ideal of still reaching out and give people something unique and special. This is unique and special. This this is something of which may never have happened within the pandemic. No, but we, not, like, not like this. Here we are. Yeah. And that's, and that's How would I have gotten you? Yeah. Well, you, are we catching you with you? I know what you would have said to me, bro. I'll try to fit in. I don't know what day where I'm going to be, but I'll try. I mean, because I, 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 this darkness, there is something to be said. This yeah. dark period did bring some light out. Brought out your show. I'm doing this. Morales has got his church mass. Louis does five days a week with world the world show with Giles FM staying station. Him and I constantly talking. We have changed gears. We're trying to give people hope. We're bringing them entertainment to them. Like you said, 
things you never would have done. I never dreamed of being a talk show host. I was always <laughs> interviewed. It was never me interviewing somebody. So for me to do this to you, I'm, I, I can't thank you enough. God, you are a legend. Oh, should I say a ledge, mate? You are the legend. <laughs> you are a true legendary figure. You're a, you're an ambassador to our scene. You have to keep doing what you're doing, you know. And people are asking me and writing this on the chart, uh, on this thing, uh, as I see that a lot of people wrote, "Are you ever going to come on Clubhouse?" Which is on. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to come on so bad. Come on, Clubhouse. I, you got to get that on your iPhone because they want to hear you speak more. And I That's do a wrap-up show on Thursday. So let me see what time that would be. That's 3, 3.30 in the afternoon New York time. That would be, I guess, around Friday morning sometime. Well, they, I, don't want, they want you to come. They're like, please tell them to come on. I'm like, I'll mention it. So if you don't know what it is, check out what Clubhouse is. It's a cool app. Uh, Elon Musk, a lot of people. That's how I spoke to Dead Mouse. I've been speaking to a lot of people that I would never speak to because they're not in our genres. But yeah. because of this clubhouse, it's crazy. Like I said, the most craziest thing is with all this dark stuff going on, we've all been able to cross platform. You're yeah. doing gardening. Yeah. I'm an interviewer. It's just like crazy, bro. And we knew about the race car driving. That I knew. I knew that. Yeah. Time. I knew you have a love. You're a petrol head. We know that. But yeah, this yeah. thing about, you know, you gardening and I'm like, really? <laughs> really? So, but, you yeah. know, it is therapeutic, bro. It is therapeutic. It is. It is. When you see something, you know, from seeds, from nothing, and you just start seeing something coming up through the soil and you're just thinking, wow, I'm actually nurturing this to become whatever I've planted in the end. And, and and I feel responsible for it to take its it, 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 its path end of the day, um, and to to be able to understand that that's what our life's all about, you know, looking after each other, be responsible for 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 who we are as people. Uh, end of the day, look each, look after each other, and and if you do that, then the leaves won't fall off, you know. Um, if you don't look after each other, the leaves fall off. And he died. We were dying. So, so at the end of the day, it's been really good for me to be able to. But everything you to, said tonight, everything you said this morning, your time and going to afternoon and tonight has been the same principle with you. And it's funny you say this. Everything you've done is from a seed. You've said, I've never been handed anything. I grafted. I worked hard. No matter what you did, I built the club from nothing. I built a sound system from nothing. So you do have that mentality of building. You're You're basically a builder. You come in and then annihilate everybody with music and you kill them. Pa, pa, pa. But then what I'm saying is behind the scenes, you are a true grafter, farmer, engineer, architect, all those things all wrapped up in, in one. And that's what makes you the person you are and success. Good on you, brother. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Really, it's been amazing to be here with you, Lenny, and, uh, and to basically tell this story because in some ways I haven't really told this story, you know, in, in any in any length as well. I've never um, heard this story like this. Everyone, you got this? Get your pen and papers out. Never heard a lot of things. I was like, wow. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and, and that's what, and that's uh, and you know my life in, in not not some in a nutshell they call it, but um, it's. Look, there's a lot more, so much more we could probably be, uh, you know, for another three or four days. Uh, a lot of it will be uh, elaborated. What is the biography my... called? What will the biography be called? And when? Uh, yes, oh, yeah. 
Good old yes, oh yes. That's it. Oh yes, uh, oh yes. Because, because of the, when this whole thing came about, because when I got on the mic, uh, when I was playing my music, I, I just wanted to, you know, know how people were feeling. And they'd be like, yeah, Carl Cox and ass, woo! And I'd be like, oh, yes, oh, yes. And then as soon as I did that, and then on, and I'll take the bass out of the track, and i go, oh, yes, oh, and the last yes bit, oh, yes, oh, boom! <laughs> oh, yes! And then people like, ah, I'm losing this shit. So that's how that came about, you know. It was it was kind of like my tagline, but I kind of used it as in a sense of timing of how I introduced my music. And you know, any when the book is out, I'm going to read this. Will you come back and tell us another story again? Will you come back? Because people are asking, will you come back to, to, to give us some of the other anecdotes? Because we would like to talk to you after we come back. To yeah, see totally. Feeling. To- totally, 100%. Um, I, I, love, I, I love doing, I love doing uh, things like this, and even more so uh, because it's, it's a good insight. That people don't know about, you know, they only see the they only see the the private jets and the and the big cars and and you know uh, the people around me and and this kind of lifestyle. They don't realise to get to that type of lifestyle how hard that I had to work and I'm still working hard to be able just to maintain a lifestyle, not not the lifestyle. I, I mean, the thing is, people think that I have my own private jet and my own you know uh, uh, boats and everything else. You, wait a minute, wait, 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 you're not a billionaire? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's funny that, you know. Apparently, so here's, here's a thing for you. Only only last week, I think, um, apparently there was a quote on, on my, my self-worth or something like, I think, $19 billion I'm worth. $19 billion. I'm thinking, that's nice. Well, I think my tax man might have something to say about that, you know, because I do pay my taxes. Wait a minute. Oh, so you're up there with Bill Gates and them and Microsoft. Yeah, you're I'm like, billion. 19 billion. I'm like, mm-mm, that would be nice. This <laughs> 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 is ridiculous. It's just like, come on, guys. It's, like, it's 16 billion, okay? It's not 19. Come and get it right. Let's get it correct. 18.256.33. <laughs> There we go. That, that's the correct amount, you know. Yeah, because they all think it's endless, you Come on, you know, you just, they don't realize the expenses you had too, you're carrying, the, the staff. Everything costs money. Yes, you're getting paid a lot, but you got a lot of expense too, you got to carry. Yeah, well, I, well, I built it up over the years. And, uh, of course, it's fallen off a cliff, so not everyone's getting paid um, until otherwise, you know. But the thing is, it's, you know, you just have to roll up your sleeves and get on with it. No, you know, uh, you know my, my radio shows and my streaming shows, and it's all based on that. There's nothing coming in on, on any of this, you know, because if we do do any of these streaming shows, all 100% of the money goes to the charity that we choose, all of it. So we really are giving up our time to do to do these things. And Cabin Fever, for, for sure, which takes a lot more than me putting a USB stick into a CD player, to actually do those shows, I've got to find those records and then put them together. And then if you think about it, as soon as we go to, to go live with those shows, it's a one, it's a one stream show. There's no edits. There's no, can I go back on that and do it again? There's nothing. It's live. As you see it, I put a needle on the record and I produce those shows from beginning to end with nothing but, but live, live uh, uh, elements to all those shows. And I've had needle go across the record. I've had a mixed jump out. That's okay. Uh, I've had all these things. I'll just go, well, 
that's final. That's how that's how it is. The mistakes are made, and sometimes they're not your own mistakes as well. It's just how it is. It's it's a transparent show. I don't have anything to hide behind. As soon as I go, I've never done a pre-record in a way that I have to go back and edit the show. It's how you see it, and that's it. And that's how it always was. When you went to DJ, you never DJ to go out and do edits on your shows. Yeah. That was it. What you heard, what you saw, it was it. What it's went out to air. That's it. And that's it. It's, can you imagine how difficult that is for a lot of the now DJs to do that? They probably couldn't do it and probably don't want to do it because – most of it, the, they want to be perfect on everything that they're, that they're involved in and created. I mean, there's nothing perfect about anything in these days. I'm not perfect. No, no one's perfect. But all you can be is insightful, uh, passionate, you know, you're, you're into the, your position that you're in. And that's why I'm always smiling when I'm on the show. I'm always dancing away. I'm always enjoying the moment of, of, of what I, I feel in front of me. Whether I'm on playing vinyl or whether I'm playing the CDs or whether, whether I'm making my music, there's always this little thing inside me that, that makes me happy in knowing that I'm sharing the love of what I'm creating. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If, if other people on the other end of it are also feeling something special about the moment that they're sharing with me based on what I'm still giving to everyone else. And that, that, and that doesn't have anything to do with wealth whatsoever. Excellent. Thank you so much. God, man, you, like I said, you're a plethora of it all. Stay, do us a big favor. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Don't go anywhere. We need you. <laughs> don't get anywhere no way no stay as long as you can we're losing some good people around us lately i don't want to lose any more yeah no no i, I hear you brother and uh you know like i said I'm, I'm eating more vegetables than i than i normally have done at any point in my life because they're growing man i can't just kind of give them away you, you know, gotta consume you gotta consume you gotta consume what you grow well you 100%. know somebody wrote real quick somebody wrote he has been retrained. He's gardening. It's true. You have been retrained. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 been, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure to talk to you today, uh, Lenny. It's been, oh, you're uh, incredible, brother. To, Thank to you so share much. our stories together as well. And like I said, you've been there as much as I have as well. So if anyone knows, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know the other side. I know the black dance side of it, you know, the soulful house side. It's not an easy job. It's not an easy. It's it's the same thing. It's different, but the same. The story's the same. The flights, the you know, the stress. But I'll tell you what, I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. God, yeah. I miss it. And I know you must be thinking, well, we're gonna get it someday, but we don't know how we're gonna get it. But we're gonna get something. So whatever yeah. we get, we'll take it. Because I'm gonna take whatever you throw at me. Whatever crap you got. I already told I was telling Ralphie D the other day. I said, Ralphie, whatever you get here in New York, I says, I'll come play on the toilet bowls. Just so I can play when it's time. Just so I can do something. Because I don't I you know, you forget about the money. You just miss the crowd, the social you know, socializing, hanging out. That's the part we all loved as DJs. Yeah. The, the whole social yeah. side of it, you know? Yeah, hundred percent, and that's and that's what I miss about it most of all. Because 
you know, all my life I've done nothing but share the love of music to people who choose to, or not choose, like like to listen to and, and enjoy it. And I, and I haven't been able to do that because virtually it's it's it's, it's impossible to 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 touch or feel that person's energy. It it it, it goes out, but you can't feel it coming back in. It only you only hope that it goes out and be understood by what you're giving out as well. And that's the thing about it. You know, there's no purpose to what we do apart from the reason why we do it. And the reason why we do it, because we love it. And that's it. There's nothing, there's nothing, you know, science about that. It comes from the heart at the end of the day. If it doesn't come from the heart and then don't do it. It, it, you know, it, it doesn't. It won't mean anything if you're just doing it because you want the adulation or you want to uh, to see um, what's going on here. I've got a friend of mine just come up and says, says, "Brilliant interview," and that's why a friend of mine called Habs uh, Akram. And uh, hi guys, hey, how you doing? It's I'm been sure. brilliant. The the, the 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 amount of people that's been coming onto the show today. Oh uh, my god, this is people that is like Marsha Carr, another female just in London, friend of ours. Yeah. They're like thanking you, me, and you know, our, and our insight. You Thank know, you. it's it's okay. just they, they love you, brother. Come on, come on. <laughs> we, all love you. we all love you. You know, it is what it is. I can't wait to see you. Hot. That's it. Tell me you don't miss that, and I'm gonna let you go. I tell people the biggest thing I miss, and this is the problem with dance music. How do I not go up to you and go, yo, and hug? <laughs> Tell everybody how often we do that. That's part of the culture of what we do. We see each other. Yo, what's up? Ah, you know, going crazy, right? It, it, it's it's very true. I mean, if you look at uh, it, it embraces with, with, with most of the DJs, female or, or male, um, it, it's always done with love. You know, the embraces is always done with understanding and respect for each other. And we've always done that. That's what's made our community so great um, for so long. And still going through it, even in this pandemic times. So we will break out on this, and we will get there eventually in in our lifetime. It's going to happen. It will. It, it won't happen quickly, but it will happen. And and that's where I I will be able to to, to come back and embrace you once again, like I had in the back in the day. Okay, stay safe, brother man. I'm going to wish you a good day in uh, in in Melbourne. And you know Thank what. You, Please be careful. Don't go 200 kilometers an hour with the motorcycles. Be careful. I know you're freaking, freaking the speed, Damon. Be careful. <laughs> I see you getting your petrol. I'm like, please, God, please don't do anything crazy. It's like, come on now. I know you like to push. I know you like to push the accelerator. You got a heavy foot. Hobbs told me we were talking about. He said, Carl likes to push red. <laughs> Let's push red, and that doesn't mean sound system. Let's just see red. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true, you know. But, but I do like, but I do like to be competitive in this way. And uh, you know, if, if it feels, if it doesn't feel right when I do any of these runs, I do pull back. But if it feels good, oh, I'm in. Full so, power, full <laughs> power, Scotty. Full <laughs> power thrusters push forward. I mean, yeah, but you no, play the same way. Boom, yeah, full yeah, power. I don't lift. I don't lift. It's, it's, it's either on or it's off. I don't lift. I just keep it on. And that's, and that's how I play. <laughs> you know, I, I remember playing at space and, and, you know, when I always go, go on at three o'clock, went back in the day. And then, you know, I'm so it's three o'clock, four o'clock, five. And I'm just kind of like, just going through the motion. You're in the zone. But I've got more power the last two hours than I did when I started. So it really is all about that red lining and just next to next to next to next to and the next thing seven eight o'clock 
no one could keep up with me in, in this way. It they just can't. They've got to go in and out of my sets. I, you know, there's some people that try and do it, and at the end of it, they're like, <sighs> me included. But it's just the way I am. I just keep turning it on, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little. Doesn't mean that it doesn't mean it's pitched. Anyway, it's the feel and the vibe of the records. The energy, the power of the record, right? The power. It's fusing them together, which creates the energy and power. And and that's uh, how I, I've, I've, I've adapted to, you know, most of my life with anything that I do. Um, I always try and strive at being the best at it and and being someone that, that has the ability to do it, uh, you know, in some ways, that makes me who I am. That's the Carl Cox sound. That's what's got me where I am. And and hopefully, even in these pandemic times, that people still follow, you know, me based on what I do. And that's still, you know, spread the love of music. Good Lord Almighty. Right on. All right. right on, brother. Nice one, Eddie. I'll Thank see you, you soon. Hopefully, have a good one. Thank you so much. I'm going to remove you, and I'm going to wrap up. Have a great day. God bless, brother man. See you soon. That was one of the best, if not the best, interviews of insight I've ever heard, experienced. Carl Cox, you are an icon, ambassador, legend. Thank you again. And one last time, I want to make sure everybody knows this so we don't forget. Please support Carl Cox on his sand, moon, and stars. Okay? He's working hard. He's making great music. Make sure you stream it, get it, show the love, support our artists. They're doing great things. And you know what? It's it's all about love, peace, house music, techno, all of it. Support the cause. We will come back. We will be stronger than ever. And thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night wherever you are or a great day.